Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today, and hope you had a blessed weekend. Enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday, and just uh, had a good time with friends, family, whatever you guys decided to get into over the weekend. And I want to encourage people as well, continue to check out the website. We have lots of different um, products that are going up on sale, different specials, including the N-acetylcysteine that I told you guys last week I was going to be putting on sale continually keeping everybody's lungs healthy. Very, very effective product for detoxifying the lungs and protecting the lungs. And also, too, the Sublingual B12, our methylated oral B12 formula that really helps out with energy, mood, focus. Very effective product. Much, much more effective than any of the other synthetic ones on the market because we use the methylated methylcobalamin B12 that is able to be absorbed immediately because it's bioactive and doesn't have to be converted in the liver like the other cyanide cabalamin toxic counterpart so be sure to check that on the website at healthmasters.com and i know a lot of people have been following what's going on with this insanity and i guess this is like season season six of the current clown show um circus act going on i'm to this point now i think we all want a refund <laughs> i want to cancel my subscription no longer want to watch the clown show anymore um this has become a complete and total joke as now they're talking this this tax reform bill, Americans for Tax Reform, this Inflation Reduction Act bill is an absolute joke of anything as far as actually reducing inflation. I was reading part of it this morning, and I just – I was flabbergasted, to be honest with you, that they are so flamboyantly obnoxious. They are literally lying to everybody in their face and saying – Oh, this is to reduce inflation. We're passing a seven hundred billion dollar bill because it's gonna it's gonna lower inflation, right, guys? Because that's how it works. We keep you know we keep printing money and inflation goes down. And then I, I looked and read a bunch of this stuff, and all it is is more taxes, more taxes, more taxes, insane amounts of taxes on fuel, taxes on coal, taxes on corporations, and then they're going after small businesses. They're saying the bill extends a limit on loss deductions for pass-through businesses, S-corporations, and sole proprietorships without extending a corresponding 20% deduction on income. Not even sure what all this is going into. I, we don't know. Of course, you know, we gotta, they got to pass it to figure out what's in it. But the one that really, really just got my attention, because, you know, obviously this is to help reduce inflation, because that's, that's what they tell us, uh, $80 billion, that's $80 billion, with a B as in Bravo, $80 billion is directly going to IRS to hire 87,000 new staff members. Yeah, you heard that correctly. 87,000 individuals to work for IRS additionally now. Now, I know a lot of people have been to football games and stuff like that. And you guys know, like, say, Tampa Bay, we got the, um, you know, stadium over there for the Buccaneers. And I think maximum capacity on that, if you take it all the way up to the nosebleeds, I think it's around 60, 65,000. That, that Raymond James Stadium, massive stadium, been there before, Monster Truck Rally a few months back. And, that's huge. You know, when they let loose and the stadium's empty them out, emptying out and the game's over or whatever you're watching's over, and you see the people disperse out in the traffic, and it pretty much shuts down Tampa for an hour or two. And you think about they're adding more people than Raymond James Stadium to the IRS. You know, was for your protection, guys. 
We're, we're doing it to stop, you know, money laundering and prevent corporations from paying their fair share. That's, that's, that's why we're doing this. No, guys, they're building an army. And what's interesting about this is right when this bill is coming out and they vote on it over the weekend, right when the media is talking about this insanely obnoxious, unconstitutional, illegal bill, in my opinion, nobody's discussing the fact that Ted Cruz, which I'm not a huge fan of, but he made some really, really big news the end of last week that pretty much the mainstream media and alternative media haven't really touched base on at all. There was some sprinkling of it over the weekend. Now that this bill has taken the spotlight immediately out of nowhere, oh, we got the inflation bill coming. You know, we got we got to make sure we print another seven hundred billion dollars. And what's interesting about this is, and I had sent it to Dad on Friday, and I looked at it in detail. As it was so troubling, because you guys know, I've told you, the FBI has become absolutely rogue. I mean, there's no question about it, what they've been involved in. This internal memo they leaked, or excuse me, Project Veritas leaked their internal memo, showing pretty much every flag that's even remotely patriotic under the sun is now deemed you a uh, extreme militia, you know, violent militia extremist. Even bringing up Ruby Ridge or Sandy Hook or bringing up Waco or anything now that they don't deem to go along with the narrative deems you a violent militia extremist. And Ted Cruz was questioning the FBI director, like the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray. And he brought up a very valid point that's ironic because nobody, again, has been wanting to talk about this over the weekend because everybody's talking about this bill now. And the insanely entrapment-infused trial of the individuals who are accused of trying to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmore during the 2020 election. Have, you know, mo- I think half of them, two or three of the guys were acquitted. Two of the guys had mistrial. Now they're trying to recharge them again. And then we're finding out more and more that that entire incident was completely and totally built by the FBI. I think there were a total of 12 either FBI agents or confidential informants that set up that entire situation. And these four guys that basically were rambling their mouths one night while they're drinking and hanging out with these FBI informants suddenly get charged with, you know, this kidnapping conspiracy of Gretchen Whitmore. We find out the whole thing's complete and total sham. The FBI set the entire thing up. Now we're finding out from the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing where Ted Cruz grilled the FBI director, Christopher Ray, that the individual that was head of the FBI field office in Detroit during this whole incident, he oversaw the entire incident that occurred with this entrapment with all these FBI informants basically setting up these guys for the Whitmore alleged kidnapping. The same FBI field operator that was overseeing all of that, right after that incident came to light, he was transferred to the D.C. field office. And you want to know what his primary task is at the D.C. field office? Overseeing the January 6th prosecutions and investigations of the individuals that walked into the Capitol building, illegally trespassing on federal grounds. Yes, that same guy that was involved in the Gretchen Whitmore debacle is the same one that's heading the field office in D.C. now, overseeing the January 6th arrests and prosecutions. You can't make this up, guys, the level of corruption that we're watching right now inside the FBI. And we already know from J. Edgar Hoover 
all the way forward. The FBI has had massive corruption, but I've always had at least some some semblance of thinking, hey, maybe there's a few good people in the FBI. Maybe there are actually people that want to do some good. Maybe there's some people that want to actually help the United States and protect the United States. And as we're starting to see further now, in my opinion, there's very few, if any, people left in the FBI that aren't completely compromised because if they were, they'd probably come out and address what's going on. But remember, you always have the mindless followers in every group. You've seen this in every war. You've seen this in every human atrocity, human rights violation. There's always people that will follow anything they're told to do. doesn't matter what it is. They're following orders. That's always the line that they play. They're brainwashed. They will do anything they're told, including killing other innocent humans, like you know the FBI sniper at Ruby Ridge when he blew Vicki Weaver's face off while she was holding her child on their property. When she absolutely was zero threat to anyone, wasn't even brandishing a firearm. She got her face taken off with a 308. Oh, that's right. That was FBI sniper. And by the way, he ended up being fully acquitted of all charges. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Well, well, the FBI wouldn't do anything weird now, would they? They wouldn't do anything illegal, would they? Oh, well, that's right. They got 12 confidential informants set up four guys to allegedly kidnap the governor of Michigan. That entire thing, in my opinion, that entire debacle was set up specifically in 2020 to try to demonize anybody that was questioning the governors that were going in and locking down and restricting people from being able to do anything. That's what that was all about. Because you remember, there was a whole bunch of rhetoric that was going on during that time in 2020 because people were sick and tired of these governors coming in and telling people, well, you can't leave your home. You can't travel. You can't open your business. You can't be open. You can't do anything at all. You're restricted. People were going, this doesn't make any sense. So they had to go in and say, oh, Gretchen Whitmore, the governor of Michigan that's trying to protect Michigan, She, oh, they tried to kidnap her. She's a victim of alleged kidnapping. It's because she's trying to do what she needs to do. While you see videos of her walking around with Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorist in the middle of the street and basically you know, prancing around because you know that, that, that was okay. You could, you could go around with – 5,000 people and go riot in the middle of the city, but you weren't allowed to have your business open because it's science. And you know what's funny? A buddy of mine made a point about this yesterday. That entire internal FBI memo they released that allegedly, by the way, Director Christopher Wray, FBI director, uh, said in this Senate hearing that he had no, no recollection of that. He'd have to check back on it. He wasn't sure what that was all about. Not one single place in that entire FBI manual that got leaked. I looked through the whole thing. Not one single place is there an Antifa flag or a BLM flag. Neither one. Especially not even Antifa. None. Nowhere. Not even referenced Antifa. Anywhere in the entire manual. That should give you guys a pretty clear indication who's actually pulling the strings behind the curtain and what they want done and who's actually involved in these situations. Because isn't it funny we constantly saw these Antifa groups showing up and black clad, you know, ski masks, body armor showing up randomly out of nowhere, 2,000 deep throwing fireworks on federal agents. Not a single one of them went to jail. But yet we've got American patriots that show up to the Capitol on January 6th to protest a blatantly stolen election. Suddenly we have hundreds and hundreds of people arrested and indicted and extracted from their homes all over the country being held without pretrial release because, you know, they're being charged with trespassing. Funny how that works. What do you think, Deb? You know, it's amazing to me how the same guy who did the stuff with Whitmore is doing the same thing now with January the 6th, Austin. I mean, it's just, it's just, 
and, and the thing about it is, is that, like you said, you know, Ted Cruz brought this up. He absolutely eviscerated this guy who kept saying that he didn't know about it. He needed to do some research on it. And finally he was admitted, admitting to it. I mean, you got to watch the video. It's short, but it's really succinct and to the point. And to me, you know, Ted Cruz has always reminded me of, you know, Grandpa Munster, you know, from the Munster family back in the 60s. I mean, you know, just, I guess that's just a happenstance or coincidence. But, but the reality is, is that, you know, Ted Cruz is actually doing something good with this and he's actually calling it out for what it is. But again, the mainstream media completely and totally ignored it, totally ignored it because the, the, the Whitmore's, you know, is a communist governor. And she's the one who's in there basically trying to push the mask mandates and the lockdowns and all the rest of it, trying to bring in the new world order and a Klaus Schwab. She's probably a, a member of, you know, Klaus Schwab's little young leader thing. I mean, you don't ever know. I mean, these guys are all tied together at the top. And one of the other things they do, and another uh, giant uh, alt media guy has basically had his bank accounts frozen. Uh, you know, I, that this is just kind of crazy. I just found out about it about 10 minutes ago. And I spoke to another friend of mine who had his accounts frozen four times. And he actually started another bank. He started his own bank at one of the islands, in, you know, in, out there in the, uh, in the, uh, you, you know, down in the Bahamas, because he'd had enough of it. Because they'd, they'd shut his, they'd shut him down four times, taking his bank accounts and frozen them. I remember, I remember, I told you guys a few years ago when we were, you know, when the CBD oil came out, we were told by our banks that we couldn't have CBD oil listed on our website because they would shut us down. And, you know, even though it was legal, it didn't make any difference. You couldn't have it on the website. And that's how much control they have. See, this is the same thing they did to Henry Ford over 100 years ago. You know, he was making his Model T, and he had dealer networks all over the country, and they decided he was making too much money, and they wanted to own Ford Motor Company because he was exceedingly wealthy with what he had done with the Model T and developing the assembly line. And they told him, they said, oh, here's what we're going to do, by the way. We're going to completely shut down the floor planning for all of your dealers, and we're not going to allow you to finance the cars through us through floor planning anymore. Uh, we're going to stop all that because we basically want you to give us control of Ford Motor Company through stock issuance. Yep, happened to Henry Ford, and he wrote an entire treatise, 500 pages on these guys and who they were and what they did and what their modus operandi, how they operated and what they did and how they destroyed corporations and companies. And remember, the same thing happened with the IRS. And don't get me wrong. I believe we should all pay our taxes. Somebody's got to pay for the roads. I don't have a problem with that at all. And somebody's got to pay for you know, security of the United States, et cetera, et cetera, though we really none of us really agree with what we're doing as far as these never-ending wars. But the truth is, you know, somebody's got to pay for the infrastructure. And people, quite frankly, are so cheap that if you didn't tax them on something, that they wouldn't pay for anything and everything would completely and totally collapse like it has in Mexico and other third-world countries where you drive on the roads and you've got 18-inch potholes. A uh, year, years ago, we were, uh, and we were on safari in Kenya and it was, it was crazy. We we're driving down the highway and the guy had like extra spare tires on his vehicles, like a minivan. And I, I'll never forget, he hits an 18 inch deep pothole. I don't know how he didn't see it, but he didn't see it. And the whole back axle about broke and the back tire went in and exploded. I mean, you know, talk about miserable vacation trip, you know, on that one ride through all those roads. That's what happens if nobody pays for infrastructure repair. 18 inch deep pothole. And then we basically had to limp over on the side of the road and he had to go out and change the tire. So he had to do it all the time. And I thought to myself, wow, this is nuts. Fix the roads. Well, they don't have any money to fix the roads. So I don't have a bit of problems if, you know, paying, you know, your taxes. But this bill that they've passed doesn't do that. It's going to unbelievably attack small companies and small corporations and S corporations and family businesses. It's not even going after the big corporations. It's not doing anything to them because they're all owned by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. They want the smaller corporations out of business through deregulate. They want to, they want to regulate them so hard and they want to destroy their ability to earn profit. 
And that's exactly what they do. Coal's going up, natural gas is going up, everything's going up. It's supposed to supposedly reduce the amount of carbon emissions because it's going to basically price everybody out of business and everybody's going to have to pay more money for fuel and everything else. And the, the businesses can no longer do carry through depreciation. I haven't really explained what that means, you know, as far as, you know, rapid appreciation. I, I know like if you, if you build in a building or an office, you have to depreciate it for like 40 years. And so if you spend $100,000 on a facility, you can write off like $2,500 a year for 40 years to basically depreciate the building. I don't, but you can't depreciate the land. And, and what's interesting about this is is that they've given us some provisions in the IRS tax code for accelerated depreciation. Perhaps they're taking those away. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that you know this is a democratic way of pushing it through, and now it's going back to Congress, I guess, and then I supposedly Biden's going to sign it. So what an absolute mess that we have with this. And, again, it's because we've allowed the Democrats to come in. And I'm, I'm very nonpartisan, you know that, because both sides of the aisle are controlled. We saw that with that gun legislation that went through a few weeks ago, and it was all those Republican turncoats that went in and decided to do it. But this thing is going to really cripple small businesses, and it's going to throw another $750 billion into the economy, which is going to further increase inflation. I don't know how they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. It's stupid. They always name it these things that it's not. They always do that, and, and, and it's ridiculous. And, and, and with, to carry forward on the story with off, also with the FBI, I know we've got some good FBI people in the country. It's like I know we got good CIA people that don't want to be involved in it. I mean, if you, if you look at that movie Twelve Hours over there that was done with the uh, with with, with, the, with the, you know Ambassador Stevens being assassinated, and you watch that movie, uh, you know you realize very quickly that we've got good people who work for the CIA, and many of those people when they found out they've been left out to be they basically killed and their and their coordinates were given out for their for the mortars, uh, they quit. They quit the CIA because they realize how unbelievable corrupt it is at the highest levels because, again, it's a satanic organization at the highest levels. And they have, these have witches on payroll, for heaven's sakes. And the same thing with the FBI. There are probably some really good field officers and people out there that don't want to be involved in any of this stuff as far as what the nefarious activities the FBI are. But then they're told what to do and they're following orders. Let me give you a perfect example on this. And this is interesting. And I don't know what this guy believes, but it's ridiculous again. Here's the latest outrage. Is the FBI's use of a flashbang grenade and drones to startle an 80-year-old leader of a black nationalist organization who was accused of being a Russian agent on the grounds that he attended a meeting on self-determination in Moscow seven years ago? <laughs> now, I don't know if this guy they're arresting is good or bad, but he's 80 years old. At 5 o'clock in the morning on July the 29th, 80-year-old Omal Yastidi and his wife, awoke in mortal terror as combat-clad FBI agents equipped with automatic weapons smashed their windows, broke down their door, and set off deadly military-grade flashbang explosives, concussion grenades, as they invaded a couple's home in a quiet residential neighborhood in St. Louis. The FBI made a big show of the raid before the entire community, occupying a neighbor's yard and smashing down his door as well. Then they humiliated the couple by dragging them outside at gunpoint, handcuffing them in front of their neighbors, and forcing them to wait as FBI agents ransacked their home and removed computer equipment from their homes. What imminent threat to the peace and security of the American homeland justified this military-style assault on the home of an 80-year-old scholar and respected community leader? Sources had accused him of being a Russian agent on the grounds that he had attended a meeting of self-determination in Moscow seven years ago. The FBI used similarly heavy-handed tactics across town during a raid on the African People's Socialist Party Solidarity Center on Grabois Avenue in St. Louis and on the party's radio station and newspaper office on the African People's Socialist Party's offices in St. Petersburg, Florida, which federal and Florida agents allege was influenced by Russian intelligence to spread propaganda influence in the local election. 
Now, I don't know what these guys are doing, and I don't care if they're black or white or Hispanic. I don't care. They're 80 years old. Why don't you just knock on the front door? Wouldn't that be easier? Or, or wait until they go buy groceries? This is what they always said with Randy Wade Weaver. He was always downtown, you know, you know, talking to people, you know, hanging out, buying groceries. They could have arrested him anytime they wanted to. They didn't. They wanted him to inform on the people that he knew up there in Ruby Ridge. He didn't want to do that, so they basically just raided his house and shot his wife and killed his son and shot the dog and on and on and on. And, and so this is look at look what happened. You know, look what look what happened with Waco, the Branch Davidians. How they ended up going basically, you know, in Texas and, and going in there and, and burning that entire place down and killing all those women and children because they wanted to protect them. This is the crazy stuff that we're seeing that's been happening now for gosh, thirty years here in the United States. As the as the military and law enforcement becomes more and more and more militarized, do you really need to run throw flashbangs in on an eighty year old? You really need to do that? Why don't you just wait until you know he goes out, like I mentioned just a second ago, goes buys gas or goes buys food or whatever, and say we need to talk to you, we need to basically you know investigate you for this whatever you're doing. And and, and the thing about it is is that I guess he wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. I guess they weren't really you know, figuring out what he was involved in, and they really were afraid that he was going to do something wrong. But, again, it's the same thing. And, and I'm like you guys know, I'm not a big Roger Stone fan. I never have been. I've told you that before on the show. But I've talked to Roger, you know, and he was, you know, he's in his 70s, and they show up at his house with, I mean, with 30, 40 people, you know, with boats surrounding his house and, you know, helicopters and in the middle of the night and arrest him and drag him outside in handcuffs with his wife. I mean, you don't have to do all that to people, especially when they're older. You don't, you just don't have to do that. And you just, it's not, it's not necessary. I guess maybe law enforcement looks at it this way. Well, if they're sleeping in their bed, you know, they'll provide less resistance in case they have an auto, you know, an automatic weapon or a gun or whatever. But what happens if you think it's a burglar? You know, we had this one congressman say this a few weeks ago when he was talking about this stuff with as far as banning the weapons and the weapons banning. He said, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to end up breaking into people's homes in the middle of the night, and they're going to think that they're being robbed. They're going to think that they're being attacked by some, you know, paramilitary military group or, you know, or gang group that's coming in to rob, kill, steal, and destroy, and they're going to get shot, and there's going to be a big firefight, and people are going to die. America's citizens are going to die because nobody wants to be awakened at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning with somebody kicking the front door down. It's just, it's just not okay, guys. But yet this happens, you know, all the time with these those dock search warrants and the things that they do all over the United States. And again, we've militarized the government. We've militarized the police. We've militarized the FBI. And now we're dealing with all of the side effects of all of this stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting to me because, you know, this Christian high school now is up in New York. Uh, they decided they were going to uh, – I don't even know what to say. The Christian high school in Manhattan has now hosted a mandatory drag queen show in place of a church service. Uh, would the leftists actually target a Christian high school service with sexualized drag show? Yes, they would. Students at the Manhattan's Grace Church High School said they were supposed to attend Wednesday's church services on April 27th when they were greeted with a surprise substitution show basically featuring a dancing drag queen in orange go-go boots called Brita Filter. The symbolism of the stage name is unknown. The event was sponsored by Spectrum, the school's LGBTQ support club, and members of the school faculty. The students felt and alleged that they had were pressured to participate and had to pretend that they enjoyed the event. Some Spectrum club members tapped teens on the shoulders and ordered them to stand up for the show, while others handed out pride stickers and stated, take one or you're a homophobe. The other kids got involved in the show and began twerking in the chapel. Uh, 
I don't know what to say about this, but this is sickening to me. And, and again, this is just an indication of what it's like up there in New York and New York City and, and how bad it gets from a liberal standpoint, how the country literally becomes destroyed and, and why this happens. And, and you know, and the, the soccer put out a really good article that I posted on the website this weekend, and it's by Batchisia. Uh, he's, for the, he, he's writing for the soccer blog, and, he's, and it's called The Decline and Fall of the Western Empire. And he, he goes into detail about the European countries and what has happened to them and how they've been destroyed. And he, he was saying basically Central Europe was basically the hub of the world you know, before 1914. It was politically central to the world, uh, and basically it was actually – the part of the world that caused World War One and World Two, and he goes, "What is certain is that the physical fall of an empire is always preceded by its spiritual fall." What did the spiritual fall consist of? First, there were two generations of Euro-American world wars, and their genocidal and statistic human sacrifices of tens of millions of young people, especially young Germans, Russians, and Chinese. This led to the breakdown of nation states and national identities at least in western europe secondly there were two generations of cultural wars designed to break down family life the first began in the 60s it's all part of the frankfurt school by the way he's not mentioning that though then single parents became the norm no longer biological mothers or biological fathers or biological children the basic building block of all societies and nations and nation states after only one generation of this war against children and parents and families with the appearance of stepfathers, stepmothers, and stepchildren with no biological links between them, a revolting and long-suppressed disease came to the forefront once more called pedophilia. He's real direct with this, this article, by the way. Thirdly, the breakdown of the family life continued over two generations in the last decade, which caused a gender war. There are no longer fathers and mothers or sons or daughters because family breakdown means that children have no father-mother roles. He's 100% right with the result that few know who they are anymore, how to behave and relate. And so we see the great confusion, the invention of parent one or parent two or parent three or daddy one or daddy two or mommy one or mommy two or mommy three or of legalized same-sex marriage almost everywhere in Western Europe promoted by increasing numbers of homosexual politicians and the adoption of couples by children by same-sex couples. Now you're seeing these same-sex couples adopting these young boys, and now you're having monkeypox in these young boys, which is sexually transmitted. You guys do the math on all this. In the Ukraine, under pressure from the transatlantic and Western European sponsors, it is supposed to introduce the same-sex marriage in Ukraine. All of this in the name of equality and human rights. This is the end of the Roman Empire, which is today called the Western world. This is the ending of the U.S.-provoked war in the Ukraine into what those – into whose hellish fires of sulfur and brimstone all Europe is casting itself – as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so it is today in the days of Euro-Sodom and Gomorrah America. Now, I, I read that, and I was shocked when he said that. Euro-Sodom and Gomorrah America, as if Europe is in America, are Sodom and Gomorrah. The extraordinary thing is the self-justification of the Western world for its own suicide, and its refusal to admit that anything is wrong with it. On the contrary, only its values of freedom and democracy and human rights are correct and therefore must be spread throughout the world. All we do is accept his values, which in fact are anti-values. And if you don't listen, you're bombed into submission. And then he said something. And a lot of you have heard of this song. And I'm going to read this to you direct I'm, without paraphrasing it or adding any personal comment to it. But let me start with talking about it. Back in 1971, when I was in 10th grade in high school, Don McLean came out with a song that was called American Pie. And he talked about different items in the song, and this guy is actually relating back to that. And I'm going to read you what he says. 
it was actually it was called Bye Bye American Pie. Just over 50 years ago in 1971, a popular American singer called Don McLean almost prophetically sang of those torments that is of spiritual death in a song called American Pie, describing how America had lost its faith in the previous decade of the 1960s. He's saying that for 10 years we've been on our own and how he saw Satan laughing with delight and that the church bells were all broken. And the three men that he admired most, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they caught their last train for the coast, singing, This will be the day that I die. The trouble with the Western world, it does not want to listen. Indeed, in the same year, John McLean, who was brought up a Catholic, wrote another song called Vincent. His words there echo perhaps even more prophetically in relation to the current refusal of the West, bound by the shackles of narcissistic self-obsession, to listen it listens not just to Russia, but to any voices of common sense and traditional universal tradition anywhere in the world, even from within its own midst. And here's what the song said with Vincent. They would, this, they would not listen. They did not know how. They would not listen. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never will. And I go back, and I'm going to repeat now. I'm going to put my Bible verses in with this. The Bible says that even if they knew and know that if they knew the truth, they would rather prefer the lie. For light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. Remember, I've used this, I've used this analogy multiple times in the Bible. When the rich man Lazarus ended up going to hell, and the beggar was in Abraham's bosom and he- bosom and heaven could see the torment going on in hell, and they could communicate to each other and said, "Look, just send somebody back from the dead and warn them of this place of torment." And the Bible, Jesus said, "I tell you the truth, even if someone returns from the dead, they will not listen." That's how stubborn some people are because they've been so programmed in a theta brainwave state at a very young age to believe the lie, that no matter how hard you try to tell them the truth, they can't unscramble the brain programming, which was hardwired into them from the ages of four to eight. This is why Ron DeSantis said, don't let them groom the children at this age. Don't let them do it. When they think they're Batman or Iron Man or whatever, you start telling them they're a weirdo, a pedophile or a transgender or homosexual. They believe you. They do. They think it's true, and it's not. So it's the programming that they can't break, and this is why you can't break the programming of these people that have been indoctrinated. The only thing they can do it is a true relationship with Christ, and they've got to repent for what they've done. And it's very, very difficult for those people to do it that they weren't brought up in the church. It's so important that we understand that. And also remember something. Yesterday our pastor said something. Pastor Reich, he said this in the church, and I and I and I and I and I, and I realized, and it kind of it kind of hit me kind of funny because I knew it, but it hit me kind of funny when he said it, not in a in a not in a in a laughing way, but in an ironic way, in a truth way. He said, you know, he said when Jesus came to, to be our sacrifice, that he did not have to die; he willingly laid down his life for us. He willingly did that. He was resurrected three days later. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to die. I mean, he was God. He was God, the Son of the God, the Father Almighty. He didn't have to. He willingly took it upon himself to do this for us because he loved us so much. Now, think about that for a second, what he did. And this is what they don't want you to know. This is what they don't want you to teach. This is what they don't want you to think about. This is what they don't want your children to know. You've got to continue to train your children up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. This weekend, we were blessed to have a young couple come over, Javen and, and Marta, and, and they came over. We took them out to dinner with, at Florendino's, and we had a really good pizza that was basically made with a cauliflower crust with no gluten in it. And, and we had a good time talking to them for a few hours. They were listeners of the show for years and years and years. Uh, his dad also listens to the show. 
and, and what we and when we talked to him about him, Marta's pregnant, and we talked about immunizations, we talked about fluoride, we talked about we talked about all kinds of stuff because we want the, the young people to know that we're here to help them as much as we possibly can. And we try to do that through the show. And these two kids were just absolutely wonderful, absolutely great. We, had, we actually had the opportunity to pray with them. It was wonderful. But guys, listen to me. We all have to be doing this together. We do. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But children being forced to participate in drag shows in a Christian school in New York, where are the people that are running the school? Are they gay? Are they homosexual? Are, are they forcing their views upon the people that are in those schools that are Christian, trying to destroy the culture of Christianity even more? You bet they are. You know, the state attorney that got kicked out by DeSantis now. Every time he can get on TV, now he's running a news conference. He's going to fight the fact that he's been kicked out of his office and he was a duly elected official. You know, my response to him is good luck with that. You'll be fighting the state of Florida and <laughs> the duly elected governor of the state. And see, this is what we have to do. We have to do what DeSantis did. All of us, we've got to stand our ground and say, no, we're not going to accept that. No, we're not going to put up with it. Remember last year, two years ago, when we were down in Miami, and we were basically down looking at a car with Austin, and we ended up basically going into this restaurant to try to order a sandwich. And, I, and, I, and I, they told me that basically I had to put a mask on to order the sandwich so I could sit and eat without the sandwich. And I was there was a, there was a, there was a table right by the register. So I sat down at the register, at the table, and I said, okay, I'll order my sandwich here. You can bring it to me or I can pick it up. And, you know, it's three feet away from the register and uh, I'll just sit here and order. No, you cannot do that. You must put your mask on and you must come to the counter and then you must sit down three feet away. And I said, how about I must not do anything? How about I must leave? How about I'm done with your restaurant and I'm not going to buy anything? That's the resolve we have to do. And also told you many stories that he's done the same thing. Stand your ground like Stan, my friend, did, who's a TV camera guy. Stand your ground. Don't let them force you to do stuff. Guys, it's not going to get any better if we don't stand our ground. Austin, what do you think and what's your next story? Oh, you nailed it on the head. And, I mean, that's what I repeatedly just felt like I was beating a dead horse in 2020 with all the constant confrontations. But I continue to tell people the same thing. And I said, listen, dude. I say the whole point of this right now is brain training. They're training you to submit. They're training you to follow orders blindly, like that one video that surfaced up from that airline attendant who's basically telling the guy who's drinking a bottle of water, you have to pull your mask up as soon as you get done drinking a bottle of water. And the guy's recording him. He's recording this airline attendant. He goes, okay, I'll put my mask up when I get done drinking, but I'm still drinking my water. No, you have to pull it up now. You cannot stop cannot talk to me. You have to pull your mask back up. Okay, well, I'm trying to drink another sip of water. Okay, well, you have to put it back up when you get done drinking water. And he goes, this doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. You just do it. Literally what the Fudson has said verbatim. It doesn't have to make sense. You just do it. That's what they want. They want a mindless population that doesn't matter if it makes sense. doesn't matter if it's the most asinine, stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life. You follow orders because they tell you to follow orders. That is the entire premise, entire goal that was constantly beaten to so many people, including a lot of people turning around and blindly rolling up their sleeve to get a shot, then another shot, then a booster, then another booster. Now we're on our fifth booster now. It's almost comical to me that there's actually people out there that are still clamoring to get this RNA gene therapy injection like the shot actually does any benefit whatsoever, much less the side effects. I mean, you take the side effects and all the other negative stuff and the VAERS reporting and the myocarditis. I talk about that all the time. You just shelf that. Just shelf that. 
and then go out and say, well, how effective is this injection? Okay, if, if you have to get five shots in order to be protected within a year, it's kind of a useless shot, isn't it? I mean, didn't we kind of find out with measles and all the other shots that once you're injected with an immunization that's effective, you now have essentially a lifelong immunity to measles, allegedly, is what they tell you when you get the injection. But now suddenly, suddenly this COVID immunization completely and totally changes everything. Now suddenly you have to get regular injections just to stay mildly protected, but you can still catch it and you can still spread it. And you can still die from COVID. You can still get sick as a dog. But the shot, hell, it uh, actually will. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Actually, it doesn't. It doesn't protect you. It doesn't stop you from transmission. It doesn't prevent anything from happening. Oh, it, it allegedly might might lower symptoms. Yeah. So, in some cases, it can make you not have as bad as symptoms. Well, here's the stupid part about this. If you've already contracted COVID naturally, your body has natural antibodies to it. So even if you catch it again or a variant from it again, in most cases, your symptoms are going to be significantly less than they ever were before because you've already contracted it before. So if you've gotten it already and you've recovered, why are you still continually injecting your body with gene therapy when you already have natural immunity to it? That was the million-dollar question nobody could get Fauci to answer when he'd get up there and flip-flop back and forth on the topic because Rand Paul brought this topic up in one of the hearings. And, of course, Fauci just goes around in circles, just just circular answers as he's trained to do. And then, of course, nobody ever gets any type of significant response out of him because that's what he's trained to do. (laughs) He's trained to not answer questions. He's trained to lie, professionally lie to the American populace and try to convince you into getting something that you don't want, that you don't want to pay for, that you don't want to have injected into you, but you get it anyways because, well, they convince you to do so. Kind of like they convince people to wear a mask so they could order at the counter and then sit down three feet from the counter and take their mask off. They convinced people that that was actually legitimately slowing the spread of a upper respiratory virus. They did. There were people that actually bought it, not just went along with it to get along. That's bad enough. Actually went and thought it was making a difference if you could wear your mask and then you could take it off when you got to the table. And people truly thought that they were being protected. And this is what happens when you lie to people enough, just like Joseph Goebbels said. You make the lie big enough. You say the lie long enough. Eventually, the vast majority of people will believe the lie no matter how crazy the lie is you know i was i went with a couple buddies this weekend for a birthday to go uh high-speed go-kart racing out in tampa had a blast absolute blast i'm I'm motorhead i love vehicles and i had a great time with it and it was funny because i was talking to a bunch of my buddies and most of them are pretty 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 awake with a lot of stuff none of them got the shot and i was bringing up the fact of we're joking around about monkeypox and i told him i said you know what's ironic i said is the fact that nobody Nobody in the media has discussed the fact that 95% of the monkeypox cases worldwide are among males that are homosexual. And one of my buddies goes, are you serious? I said, yeah. He goes, I haven't heard that at all. I said, look it up. The CDC is on reference on it. This is a homosexual, like basically an STD. He goes, I didn't even realize that. He's like, I knew it was going around with a bunch of gay people, but I didn't realize it was that prominent. I said, dude, it's like completely prominent. This is like the only people it's affecting or people that are directly engaged with that or may on a, on a rare scenario may have come in close proximity and contact with somebody that had it. But I said, like, like I said, high 90 percentile. 
And he goes, that's crazy. He goes, I haven't heard that anywhere in the media. I said, well, yeah, no, no, duh. They don't want you to talk about it in the media. In fact, they've actually been going out of their way to prevent people from talking about it in the media. I saw an article earlier, and mainstream journalists have adopted now pretty much what they're referring to is don't say gay approach, like we talked about with the bill down here in Florida, to covering the monkeypox outbreak in the United States. This is from the Washington Free Beacon. It says the media's coverage of monkeypox, which officials in New York and California have declared a threat to public health and Illinois, has studiously avoided using the word gay when discussing the individuals who are contracting the vile disease are pretty much almost all homosexual. Journalists insist on using the frame men who are with men <laughs> during the AIDS epidemic reference is referring to this now as the same way. And left-wing activists have argued that even pointing this out is stigmatizing, while more sane individuals have suggested it's particularly inf- important information that men that are involved with other men need to know. And what's ironic about this is the exact same thing you see over and over, just different narrative. You can talk about this. You can't talk about that. You can talk about this, but you're not allowed to talk about that. Always remember what people I've said repeatedly. Find out who you can't talk about, and you'll find out who runs the show, basically. Ironically enough, Mark Rubio, Bubble Boy Rubio, who I'm not a fan of at all, Republican down here, alleged Republican senator down here in Florida. He now has basically been ousted and being called an anti-Semite. I'm not joking. He's being accused of anti-Semitism now. You know why? Because he supported and addressed the basically this attorney general that got removed out of here and put forward a bill that supports removing George Soros-backed and funded criminal justice individuals. And what's interesting about this now, Rubio is referring to the dozens of prosecutors who've been elected with financial help from left-wing billionaire George Soros. And he said that this should basically become a serious problem in the United States with George Soros helping to get these people elected. Rubio put forth an amendment, which was several, that basically would go in now and reference to Soros-backed prosecutors and prevent them from being able to run if they're taking his money. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you can't say that. They now said Weingart, Randy Weingart, who's – I don't even know. This guy's some big wig on Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. But he came forward and basically stated that Rubio's reference to Soros-backed prosecutors was anti-Semitic because George Soros is a Hungarian Jew who survived the Holocaust, which you guys already know. There's a whole bunch of controversy about that entire story. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is what happens. Bubble Boy Rubio references George Soros funding prosecutors who are refusing to prosecute individuals who are involved in all types of illicit stuff, like this one we had over here in Tampa. So this guy comes out and he goes, this is how anti-Semitism takes roots and spreads. Soros is a Hungarian Jew. He survived the Holocaust. I cannot believe they would demonize him like this. I just started laughing hysterically when I saw this. All these people now going after Rubio for being anti-Semitic because he simply said we don't need to have prosecutors who are funded by left-wing billionaire George Soros because they're all clearly pushing the same agenda. Find out who you can't talk about, and you find out who's running the show behind the scenes. This is always what they do, right? All right, I'm going to shuffle the deck, fan the cards, pull a card. All right, what are we calling right now? Ah, anti-Semitism card. Play that card. All right. And we're going to do draw four, reverse, draw four again. Like we're playing Uno. 
I mean, it's so stupid, but it's almost hilarious at the same time where you see these people come up with this stuff. Anytime they can't find something to criticize you over, they simply go, oh, it's the race card. It's the anti-Semitism card. Oh, you're the neo-Nazi racist skinhead that wants to kill grandmas because you won't wear a mask. We're playing that card next. This is how it always rolls, and this is why I've continually encouraged people over and over and over again. Get the truth out there. No matter how unpopular it is, no matter how many people it makes mad, it doesn't matter because as more people are criticized for the truth – More people hear the truth, though. More people wake up to the lies we're being told. Because if everybody continues to self-censor, my friends, listen to me on this. If everybody continues to self-censor and we stop talking about the truth, they win. That's exactly what their goal is. They want people to stop talking about the truth because of the criticism and because of the blowback that they're getting and because of everything they do now on social media and demonetizing people and blacklisting people and shutting down accounts. It's all designed to do one thing, prevent people from speaking the truth. You know, we've talked in detail about, you know, over in Germany, you know, we still have family over there. There's certain things that are forbidden. Forbidden you can't talk about. Like the Nazi party. A lot of stuff that happened in Germany, World War II, you can't talk about it. They don't have a First Amendment over there. That's exactly what their overall goal is here in the United States. They want to prevent people from being able to speak the truth. Because once there is no vocal opposition, once there is nobody to stand up in that crowd, once there's nobody to walk up to the front and get on the microphone and address the socialist school board in Polk County and say, why are you still forcing these children to wear dog muzzles on their face? Is it because you want to control them? Is it because you're trying to dominate them, you weirdos? Here's 25 documented reference articles and clinical studies that show these masks do not prevent viral infections. They do not stop the transmission of upper respiratory virus transmission. Here's the documentation. Okay, now why are you guys still doing this to these kids? Because it's not science. This is exactly what I said up there. I said, it seems to me if it's not about science, maybe it's more about you dominating and controlling these children. This is what's happening now over and over and over again across the country. People are getting more vocal. People are getting more aggressive. People are realizing what's happening. So what's the media do? they got to try to come in and say, oh, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about why monkeypox is actually spreading. can't talk about George Soros, him funding you know, these, these prosecutors. That's why I've heavily commended and given a standing ovation to DeSantis, what he did last week. And he has gotten flack from it, boy. You don't want to talk about the left wing coming after him on this topic? Hugely trying to eviscerate him. But he's used to it. Then again, love him, hate him. I don't know if I trust every aspect of him. Well, I'll say this, one thing. He's put his money where his mouth is on a lot of these topics. You know, we thought that Trump was going to come in and do all this stuff. And he was, he was big mouth. He talked a good game. I'll give Trump that. The boy's a salesman. He got up there and told everybody in the United States what we wanted to hear as far as what he was going to do. And he was going to drain the swamp. He was going to do this and he was going to do that. He was going to go in and rip all these people out of Washington that are basically doing this stuff. And now, do I think his intentions at first, I think he wanted to change some stuff? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think he was a true patriot at the beginning. I think he really wanted to make changes. I think he actually wanted to go in and do something. But I think he got a very rude awakening on what you can actually do in Washington, especially when it comes to that level of power at the presidential seat. Because once you start getting the billionaire boys club behind you, they start telling you what you can and can't do. These guys swing a very, very big axe. We've seen that now with the Clinton body count. Once you start getting on these people's bad side, they don't 
to have a discussion with you. Your body just ends up in a trunk and you're in a hole somewhere. What happens? It's how these guys operate. There is no reasoning with them. They want their agenda and they're going to push it. So at least, at the very least we can do is push the truth and speak it loudly, proudly, and boldly as much as we possibly can. What do you think, Dad? You're right about the Clinton body count. I mean, it's notorious. I mean, you know, I remember that one movie, Shooter, with Mark Wahlberg. They were talking to that state senator, you know, out of, you know, Montana. And he says, every once in a while, somebody really thinks they can make a difference and we just have to kill them. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, and, and that's the truth. Once you get up big enough and high enough and you're rocking enough boats, they got to come after you. I mean, George Soros is an unbelievably hardcore weirdo. I mean, he worked with the Nazis and turning in his fellow Jews as far as, you know, getting and seizing their fortunes for the Nazis. I mean, he was a bad person. He said that was the best years of his life. So what the heck is he? Is he Jewish or is he Nazi? Well, he's Hungarian Jew. He's a bad guy. And and now he's basically been basically subsidized by the Rothschild banking corporation. Remember, I've, I've done a whole show on, on Soros before years ago and who funded him and how he worked with the Rothschild banking cartel. I mean, he's, it's always the same people, guys. And it's the same people that shut down the banks and shut down the bank accounts and tell you can't sell this, can't do that, or we're going to take your account away and shut you down. It's always the same guys. And, and when you understand that, it just it's interesting. And ironically, you know, almost every single person involved with the Frankfurt School was an intellectual Jew back in Germany in 1933, and they came over to Colombia. And the, almost the entire Russian Revolution was done by the Jewish people in Russia who were basically wanting to kill the people who were in Russia. I mean, it, it's all crazy. Now, are all Jews involved in this? Absolutely not. But you've got to look at who these people were. You know, it's funny. You could say the Germans ran concentration camps. Got that, right? We, we, we pretty much know that's true. You could say all these things happened or the Germans, you know, bombed England. We got, we can say that's true. But you can't say the Jews did the Russian Revolution or that's an anti-Semitic statement because the bulk of them were Jewish. You can't say that. But it's true. And so the hardcore, remember, Judeo-Christian is, is an oxymoron. That term's not accurate. Uh, you know, Jews and Christians, Hardcore Jews, hardcore Christians, they don't share, they don't share the same values. They, they simply don't have that. It's, it's, it's not the same. You know, Israel is one of the most apartheid states in the world. They're both they're shelling and killing Palestinians again. Another massive escalation of the war over the weekend. And so all of these things that we're told to believe by the Schofield Reference Bible simply aren't true. Now, are all Jews bad people? Absolutely not. I've got friends of mine that are Jewish. Uh, you know, but I, but you know, but they're not hardcore Kabbalist Jewish. Or, or I would really not have anything to do with them. But they're not practicing out of the Zohar and doing witchcraft and all kinds of other weird, crazy stuff. But we can't throw them all into the same bathtub either. It's not true. It's like there are good Christians and there's bad Christians and there's good Buddhists and there's bad Buddhists and there's good Muslims and there's bad Muslims. Not everybody's a good person regardless of their religion. We just need to see that, understand it. But for some reason, when Marco Rubio says that George Soros is a bad guy. Uh, he's now an anti-Semite. <laughs> it's unbelievable. By the way, I've told you guys multiple times about how when you have a relationship with your wife and you're a guy and or the wife, relationship, your wife has a relationship with your husband, it massively increases your health, et cetera, et cetera. Now, an article has come out. It's actually increases immunity and it increases libido. Now, I want to read one thing about this. A man who abstains from having relations with his wife for three to four weeks will have an increased libido. But if he keeps going up for 12 weeks, his testosterone level falls off and starts to drop. Now think about that for a second. You've got to maintain testosterone level to maintain lean muscle mass, and you need to maintain a relationship with your wife. And, of course, it says mental health is better. It massively reduces the effects of prostate cancer. The benefits don't disappear with age. They can last a lifetime. And that active men have a reduced risk of prostate cancer. 
And, and he said it's very, very important. He says that you maintain a relationship with your wife in order to have a proper prostate function. Also, it talks about how exercise is increased, blood pressure is better, and you have a lack of libido can actually increase, show warnings that you're having all kinds of problems from a cardiovascular standpoint. And this list goes on and on and on. I don't have to read the rest of it. But that's why it's so important that husbands and wives stay together and basically take care of each other physically. And I'm being very careful how I say this because you know I know a lot of kids listen to this. And I don't want to go into graphic detail with this, but the reality is that's really, really, really important, guys, that you support one another in all the areas of your life. I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. I love you guys. I really appreciate it. you've been a wild show today. You guys are the best. Thank you for your continued support of Health Masters. You mean the world to me. Finish it up, Austin, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, and this is interesting news out of the U.K., kind of comical at the same time. They're now stating in the U.K. that male prisoners who identify as tranny are no longer going to be able to be incarcerated with women. The minister has now set the promise. comes after a number of incidents involving transgender prisoners having sexual relations, both consensual and non-consensual, with fellow inmates, with one report accusing the U.K. justice system of prioritizing the rights of tranny individuals over rape victims. And this was one of the most... Ironic, stupidest things I ever heard, even in the United States here, which I mean, the U.S. is still doing this, by the way. So if a guy pleads, you know, he's going to prison and he pleads that he is a female, he identifies a female, then they now put you in a female penitentiary. And I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out this absolutely horrific as far as what it's actually going to do. And I guess the UK's figured out this doesn't work and that obviously this is becoming a very common problem and that grown men are grown men and women are women. And just because a dude wants to say he's a woman doesn't change it, just like men can't have babies. And just like they won't identify any of this stuff now, and they want to come up with these ludicrous definitions and change stuff. And it goes back to exactly what I've referenced before. The entire reasoning they're doing this is to change the entire concept of reality. If they can remove the laws of nature and say they don't exist, and they remove biblical laws and say they don't exist, and they remove morals and ethics, there's nothing left except the, the wild wilderness of animals. People are basically brought down to levels of dogs at that point. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's just, we're, we're animals now. Okay, we just do whatever we want. That's what they want. That's why they're going after the kids so hard right now. That's why they're promoting this transgender ideology and coming out and saying, oh, no, this is, this is science, guys. It's science for a five-year-old to be able to go on puberty blockers and transition to a girl or a boy. It's sadistic, and that's putting it mildly, guys. So please continue to get the truth out there. Stand up for freedom and stand up for these young children. They don't have a voice in most cases. They're young. They don't know what's going on. Be there for them. If you see something happening, if you hear something happening, if you know something's going on in a school system, be vocal about it. Get involved with it. Stand up and say, this is okay. Why is this, why is this going on? Why are we trying to pretend that this is some normal behavior now, that we're encouraging 8-, 9-, and 10-year-old children to go on puberty blockers? This isn't okay. But see, this is how it always works. They tell you it. They desensitize you to it. They encourage it. They promote it. And they tell anybody that's against it, you basically are a homophobe. Well, I mean, the, the, very, that, the very topic, the very statement that somebody makes a reference to you as a homophobe because you don't want children being indoctrinated or groomed by pedophiles, that obviously don't even understand the definition of that terminology at all. They're using it as a blanket statement to try to push their agenda clearly. So again – 
understand what people are doing, why they're saying it, and how they're trying to control people's groupthink. Continue to get the truth out there, my friends. I really appreciate all the support. Going through a bunch of emails from over the weekend. Got a lot of positive emails from the Hagman Show. Thank you again for that. Continue to stay strong. Keep your immune system strong. I got an article I'm going to talk about tomorrow on remdesivir now, the controversial COVID-19 injectable drug that was basically killing people, in my opinion, and blowing out people's livers and kidneys. Got a whole story on that tomorrow that I'm going to be bringing up and continuing to address that, yeah, we told everybody, stay off remdesivir. Now we're finding out. Everybody needs to stay off remdesivir. Continue to stay strong, my friends, and get the truth out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, NAC, the N-acetylcysteine, on sale along with the immune system support kit, which is the vitamin C, the D3, and the zinc. Very, very effective protocol keeping your immune system strong. I know I've heard a lot of people getting sick immune systems, you know, getting hit the last couple weeks with stuff floating around. Not abnormal. Stuff's going to float around. People are going to get sick. Keep your body strong. Keep your mind strong. Thank you again for the continued support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.